Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Revely, revely, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Three sleeps away from UFC 281, and Brian Campbell's got gummies in his tummy. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Let's talk about UFC 281 on today's live edition of our pregame preview series. Joined, as always, by the Iceman, Sir Charles. Except for when he's not. True. Except for when he wasn't here in Arizona. Right. And then, of course, Brian Campbell. I'm Didn't get Thomas. that invite, boys. So. Uh, <laughs> we are here in the swamps of Jersey City, as we always are. We haven't been on the roof in a while. The The vision of the show is they being changed. saying no to us. It's very, A lot like, of no's. Like, you know, I mean, at a certain point, no stops meaning yes, right? <laughs> you don't get better weather than this, guys. I don't, I don't think no works that way. Right? It always right? means yeah. no. Um, I only have one caveat, though, for how we do this. Right. Actually, oh, two. Jesus one, I may have to leave early to, to defecate, but two. Um, <laughs> Just go in your pants like normal. The only thing I ask uh, you guys to be fair is obviously not to interrupt each other, which is you know usually a big part you're of You're absolutely right about that. But, you know, I, I would hope that people know. I can get a lot of bullshit takes about UFC 281 this week, but if I want the real talk like like the men do, mm. they're coming to MK. They're coming right here to the pregame preview. So Chuck, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take those and take that rod and that bait and tackle out, and you're gonna have to use it. All right, <laughs> get my line wet. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> How you doing, Chuck? I'm well, man. I'm well. I was in enjoy. I was enjoying all of your activities in Phoenix, and I'm glad that you guys made it back in one piece. You see the damn horse that bit that guy. <laughs> I I only learned that it, you bit you when I you talked about it. I didn't know it actually did it. I didn't see it. Happen. More of a nibble, but I, I want to <laughs> claim a traumatic experience for future yeah. stories on, right. the, on the air. Uh, yeah, it was all right. BC was a little bit of a hoe the whole time. <laughs> you, oh come on, you were hoeing it up. How? How was I hoeing it up? Because every time we got in the car, was- every time we got in the car, here's what BC did. I mean, I, when I say every time, I mean Chuck, every yeah. time. <laughs> this trip is very long. It's oh like, Karen, God. settle down. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's an accurate that description. Did, I mean, did you not complain about every time we took a I trip? I mean, we, our hotel was 40 minutes away from the arena. It wasn't close, oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's over with, and now yeah. we have shifted to... One of the biggest fight weeks of the year. Here we are. Uh, it's going to be in New York City, just across the river. Well, can I start right here? Can I just jump in and cut you off, Chuck? Yeah, I guess you can. Yeah. When, when you hear MSG, brother, yeah. it matters. It does matter, and I feel like it's we haven't been there enough. You know yes. what I mean? Like so, and Number the times we've had we've had a couple of really big events there. Like for whatever reason they've been delivering. So I'm hoping that two forty four last year sucked. DC versus Lewis sucked. But there's something about that building, that air, that space, that feel. I once saw ACDC there in 01, and I was up in the hockey, like, default journalistic area. So there's, like, a desk, and we were all pissing under the desk in the corner, and that was, like, our urinal. (laughs) 
<laughs> no one cared. That sounds about right. There was a guy in a wheelchair sitting like right near there, though, so I didn't oh feel bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> How many crimes are you going uh, to admit to committing today? <laughs> the whole point of this, this Chuck. I've learned so much already in like I, five minutes of I, this show. I regularly argue of UFC needing to have majors, meaning remember the gold canvas that was weird at UFC 200? Yep. I wish all, I wish you had four majors a year like tennis and golf, and we knew it. You saw it on the screen, you just knew that's a major. UFC at MSG in NYC with the BDE that the BBC brings you, uh, it's... It, it, this is this is the big time, and this year they they did give us the names, the matchups that can facil- facilitate another two hundred five or two. What would the Apex shows be then under this new hierarchy? Like if there's majors, and what would yes. the Apex shows be? Uh, there's like like triple A, like like okay. when you get called down to the minors. <laughs> for, no, 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 no. Seriously though, um, have you been? How many of the five have you been inside that arena for? <sighs> I was at the first few. I do not believe I was at the last one. That was after. Okay. Uh, it was a year ago this yeah, weekend. Yeah, we were at Canelo versus Caleb yep. Plant, mm. you and I. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's cool. You guys remember the very first one, and there were people like Madonna and, uh, you know, like big time celebrities were all hanging out around the, the cage. I was, sure. I mean, it was, it felt big, but I think that was because the partition was down. They could hold an event in New York. I still feel like part of the hallowed feel of being in New York and MSG is the fact that it was taboo not that long ago. I still feel like that plays a factor into this, and people are excited to be on this card. And people like Frankie Edgar, obviously, like, ending his career there. You know what I mean? Like, it has that kind of reverence. So, uh, yeah, it's cool, man. New Amsterdam is like the Amsterdam now of combat sports because remember when you turned 18, you're like, man, I'm going to go to Amsterdam. I can get high in the cafes, <laughs> and I can legally bang, right? That was, right. You know, like, that was your focus. But now That's for right. MMA, it's that same feel. It's like coming to the new Amsterdam, we can – we can bang here, and they have made magic at specifically 205, 217. Don't forget the Rock and Trump at 244, but 281, True. as constituted on paper, what should we expect? How good is this fight card going to be? I mean, I'm hoping it delivers, but there are a couple of fights that could go either way. I just think that the swing bout in the middle there between Chandler and Poirier, I hate to see it's a slam dunk to deliver, but just the if you look at recent evidence of what those guys have been doing, where they're at in their careers – kind of the big stage, how they've treated Madison Square Garden uh, in the past, I feel like that's a banger, man. I just feel like they're going to come out and put on a show. You did say that before Rose Whaley, too. <laughs> and Woodley Thompson, too. <laughs> come on. I never did say that. Did he say that, really? Yeah, but Tito Chuck 3 as well. Yeah, I did he, not. He, he, I did he, not. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I think it's a good card, man. I mean, there's plenty of, even on the prelims, I feel like there's a lot of good matchups, so. It should be good. All right, let's start here with the fights themselves. So in the main event, as we all now know, Israel Adesonia taking on Alex Pereira. Well, first of all, Chuck, what's your take on his attempts at pronunciation? Because there's certain names. Pereira? There's certain names that he, he'll gringo up and he doesn't well, give Well, I'm not going to tackle him with Alexa Pereira. Grasso, I mean, I feel like he he's don't got give that a shit. damn about I would her, say okay? in general, I would say in general that, you know, for people who, like, constantly get at me or you or whatever for not getting the names right. There are too many languages to get good at right. this, and there's too many names. You can't win them all. Can't win them all. You, so. you pronounce Israel's name, Adesonia. Adesonia, yeah. Okay, now, I mean, is that correct? Because so I've, he, I've heard it like Ariel nine different ways Adesonia. Now. Yes, he does, yes. Exactly. How does he say it? Adesonia. Adesonia, that's probably better. That's probably I'm, better. I've developed the... Uh, um, like a diss on you. Yes, a diss on you is yeah. how I understand it, yeah. a diss on you. Yeah. Um, Anyway, all I'm going to say is I try to get as many names right as I can, but I, it's the, in general, 
Alexa Grasso, notwithstanding, <laughs> it's usually the Hispanic names. I'm well, a little, I'm a little bit better at a little bit better at that. Okay. Grasso. All right. Thank you. That neither here nor there. Thank you for that Family Guy sideways <laughs> joke to nowhere. I could have gone if I had willing dance uh, partners. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of now rooting that you do have one to improv. So Chuck, that's up. A previous discussion that we have had on this show, you I, you and I and him, we had a discussion, and you two guys were on the side that Israel was mm. not necessarily making inroads with the fans. This was pre-UFC 276. Sure. And I was like, huh, I totally disagree. I think he's really come a long way, although I recognize there were some consternation. Then 276 happens, and I was like, ooh, old, <laughs> old Chuck and BC might have been onto something there. Yes. But it does seem like yet people are really interested in this fight. How do the fans feel about Izzy generally, and how do they feel about this fight in relation to that? I think that that he's fighting a guy. They have the backstory, and they've been able to use that as part of this narrative. Has helped him tremendously. If you have a guy coming up that is supposedly, uh, you know, the kryptonite to what he's been doing, I always think that that's. It almost never happens, by the way, that you get like where people care what happened pre UFC, where they really look at it and they're like, "Well, he's got his number. This is a very intriguing fight." So just having Alex put out of there, I think, actually lifts it up a little bit. But as far as Izzy, it's it's funny. I was watching your interview with him, and he he still seems to me like this magnetic personality. He's just very natural handling questions and telling you what's on his mind, and you know, just everything he talks about is sort of, is is compelling. But I don't know if it translates still to this day. I just don't know if it translates into what we consider the superstardom or, uh, you know, what when the UFC is like we're building stars, is he of the level of the star that we're talking about? I'm not sure. I'm still not sure of it. Um, I feel like he's treated that way to an extent. I feel like they're, the media itself that has been following understands the it factor they're dealing in with this guy. But, again, I think like his last few fights of – you know, they haven't really just blown the, the roof off. But if he does it this time, I mean, I really think that maybe this is the moment. I, but I said this before, too. So I kind of want to see it. I just want to see what happens if he has a big-time performance. He knocks out Alex Pereira's MSG. We know he knows how to handle the mic. What happens then? But I'm, I think he's still kind of in the same spot he was heading into 276. BC? Your, your thoughts on his Pereira, uh, Pereira, BC? Pereira pronunciation was a little, was a little wonky. Sorry to already upset you, Luke. I'll, I can just, I can just <laughs> kind of mosey on out of here if you want to keep going. Uh, look, here's the deal with Izzy's persona at the moment. I think because he is so himself – and because as Luke's interview with him this week, shout out, kind of Dude, he called, broke down. He called a bunch of people stupid, like, over and over again. Because, well, because he's And so I even has, gave him an opportunity to be like, that seems like an overly simple explanation. Is there not another one? He kind of No, well, because, because of the <laughs> duality of who he is. Like, he's going to be a troll and a trash talker at times. Other times he's just going to – like, he'll be like a, a hero and a villain kind of throughout an interview bouncing around. So because of that, I do feel like he has already hit his – marketing crossover mm. corporate ceiling as a personality and mm. come to find out he's not looking by the way to get to be more than that he wants to make a lot of money wants to win fights but i think it's it, his stardom will always be performance based and it will always be based upon entertainment matching with the skills rather than just oh my god he shut down cannoneer but the casuals weren't entertained let me, let me ask you something so so when here's what i do that's why i think that's why i'm so hyped up for this for this fight against Pereira. 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 What? Is because I think Pereira is the last guy in this division capable of bringing that side of him out. That side of, of Izzy's always going to be in the side that can make spectacular moments, but it's situational. It's matchup yeah. wise. This matchup has the storyline, and I think the styles where. He's more exciting to me in the lead up to the fight than he has been on fight night. Like, in, for instance, that interview he did with you, I feel like I, I watch his interviews, I feel it. He has the big walkouts. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he just has a, a big feel to what he's doing, but I need to see it put together. I was going to ask you, though, who would be the equivalent of somebody like Izzy Adesanya in, in boxing? Who would be that guy that's kind of like on that level, but he's not, you know what I mean? He's maybe not tipping over to the, to the biggest level of, of the boxing names we've known in the past. Well, sometimes Adesanya teases in that area. So even though Tyson Fury is a bigger star and more consistently a big star because of how he acts, people alternately love and hate Tyson Fury, right? Because yeah. his, he's almost like the opposite. Uh, uh, like his, his personality is so all over the place. He'll be retiring tomorrow. The next day he'll be making, you know, uh, Anti, you know, making sensitive remarks about certain classes. The next day, he'll be all about mental health and you know Christianity and turning it around. And then the next day after that, you'll be like, "Is he high?" So Tyson Fury to me is all over the place. The Adesanya reminds me of that, although maybe not on that stardom level. But the difference is, is what I said. I think Adesanya is just so himself. He's not trying to be right. anything specific in. What, by tr not trying, he ends up being a lot of things at once, and people can't figure out who he is. Is he the trash talking badass? That, therefore, they can't care enough. That's what I was trying to say yeah. before. I was like, they can't identify what, completely enough with one part of. Like they can't even hate him thoroughly. They can't love him or hate. It's weird. I, I feel like most that's guys. An interesting. Word. Yeah, they they a lot of people they don't have love that, or hate him thoroughly. Yeah, that's and so like if he were to lose, I'm not sure there would be like this outcry people dancing on his grave, you know, because I just don't think people have cared enough about him yet. You know what I mean? God damn. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, man. I mean, I, I, if he lost this fight, if he gets knocked out, he gets, you know, it would be a moment. It would be like, wow, that's crazy. But I don't feel like it would be some kind of earth shattering moment where you'd be like, I can't believe that happened. Or, you know, I thought no. this guy was invincible. He's or, undefeated at middleweight. This I know. Is, what is fifth or sixth title defense? Sixth. I mean, Jesus, it would, on be, the flip it would side, be pretty Chuck, monumental to, to me. On the flip side, if Adesanya stops his rival in Madison Square Garden here. Yeah, what happened to Chuck? True. I think that. Well, then we're talking about the thing I want to see. I want to see kind of what happens at that point yeah, because this is a big fight. That's and I, I do feel like eyes are on this fight. They've done a good job promoting it. Storyline is too perfect. The story you can't fuck it up. Yeah. So it's like it's – I feel like this is the moment. The other ones, it was always like – I don't want to – you know, I hate the, to use the word the meritocracy, the woodwork figures that were coming up. But he was beating the guys that he should beat. This is the one that's casting doubt with the backstory and all that. And it's at Madison Square Garden. It's a big event. I just – I think this could be the moment. If we're going to see it, it would be now. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's the moment that changes his career. I think it's he's going to swing where sometimes he'll swing above the, the, the line of, of getting people's attention, people loving him. This is a matchup in a setting which I think could produce that. But I don't think then from there on out because, I look, he can have another Romero performance if that's the right strategy in the moment he believes to win the fight yeah. is what I'm saying. Like, so no, he's never consistently <laughs> enough. One thing that people can't classify him. Like I said, as hero or villain, or I love that guy, or he's a killer or a destroyer. Cause tomorrow he may be a defensive point maven. And when a fight that way, he's just, be, he's just going to do him at all times. And yeah. I think everybody else just kind of adjusts with that. So if he has his moment on Saturday, He's back in on, like, everyone's favorite pay-per-view star. But it only takes one more. I mean, the, the enthusiasm after he beat Costa was real. Yeah. Right? I mean, they been moments, him, and yeah. it was like, that was a huge, because everyone thought that he was the first destroyer to come and yeah. you know, was going to run over yeah, Izzy. That's true. He was coming off the Romero fight, and uh, obviously it played out very much in uh, Izzy's favor. Have but, you enjoyed uh, his last three performances, coming off the loss at 205? Here's what I told him yesterday, and I do stand by this, which is that, um, are the fights themselves like extra exciting? No, obviously not. But what I told him was, and I do think this is true. There's a shitload of tape on him. 
there's just an enormous amount of tape. And what it looks like has happened is that these guys like Cannoneer who come from an elite camp, they are getting them to find these perfect spots where they don't get knocked out, where they're able to defensively hang on and be in there. But the problem is they haven't figured out how to launch any meaningful offense. So they've caught up in the sense that they're not getting knocked out anymore, but they can't quite get over that hump to be offensive. And so what it ends up creating is a bit of a stalemate effect that I think the fans aren't loving. To me, blaming Izzy for that solely seems insane. It seems completely fucking insane. Does he bear responsibility in the sense that one does? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's like what's happening here is that the division is trying to catch up. They've made inroads, but only on one side of the game. And it it just creates this friction. That's not that fun. That's Izzy's fault. How is the the fuck (laughs) is that Izzy's fault? No, I agree. No, it's not. But it happens to every long-reigning champion to a certain degree. GSP, John Jones on the tail end of those runs where they, they're, they're smarter than everybody else. They prepare harder. They get to a certain point where they're like, this is the most cost-efficient way to win this fight. I'm going to do that. I'm going to stick with that. And it's, it, But at the same time, is, is he in a spot where if you cross that line against him and make him get out of that mode, will he, will he excitingly knock you out and engage with you? Mm-hmm. He will. But Cannonier got up to a certain point, didn't try to get past that. Some of these other guys, the same thing, right? So it's always, I think Izzy, it's, he knows it. it's going to be dependent on the situation and the matchup, star power wise. But let's not forget that what is he at worst? The second or third pound for pound best fighter in the world at the moment. He's 12 and 0 at middleweight. He's been out, he's been un, largely untouched, save for the Blahovich fight. In the one absolute all time war he was in with Gastelum, he was the last man standing, ready to die in there. I mean, God, no, no, no um, value to the argument though. He's fighting safer, basically, or counter. Yeah, just not. He is, though. Yes, he. But he is. Yes, he is fighting safer. Yeah. More is, efficient. Yes. Yes. Okay. There's no doubt about that because he can't quite get going in the way that he normally right. does. Right. Because these guys are closing doors that used to be open. So there's no almost by necessity. Yeah. Um, but his whole point is like, what do you want me to do? You want to fight fucking stupid? No. <laughs> I think. What I think. And I do think it's fair at this point. I was like, what we want and what he would need to go to the next stage of his career is to now have a new set of weapons a new set of uh, opportunities to get back to what it used to be rather than sort of trotting out the same old weapons that everyone seems to have at least a defensive answer for. Yeah, but in the two to tango theory, his opponents get a little taste of what they're facing and suddenly they're going, oh, crap. You know, I can't, you know, I may have won three or four in a row to get to this point by knocking people out. But those were different circumstances. I don't know if I'm willing to pay that potential risk. People also realize quickly that they can get knocked out by this guy and that plays into it. But if you're the champion, I almost would side with Izzy, even if people are booing like they did in the Cannoneer fight and say, it's up to you guys to come take it from me. So if you're not, and I know I'm beating you this way, to, look, look I, the only time stuff, I ripped, only time I ripped Izzy was the Romero fight because I thought that he took the unnecessary gamble that the judges might see it differently. Since then, I feel like any time that it's been bore, quote unquote boring, I've appreciated the masterwork and I felt like he's just drawn that line and saying, if you're not going to cross this line, I'm going to win this fight. So it's up to you. Isn't that at some yeah. point it's up to these guys to go for it? It's crazy when you think back to Anderson Silva, right? Like you think of a guy who could turn it on at some point. Like he'd start to, he would start to get into this mojo and then he would feel it out and then he would start to take over a fight and he was able to be exciting and win a lot of fights in a row. And you realize just how difficult that is. We didn't really criticize GSP in the end for like, as much as we do nowadays for just kind of cerebrally going about game planning and exploiting weaknesses yes. and having things like that, like, and making it a boring fight if he needed to, we didn't really get onto him because he was still dominant. We did a little bit, but a I think little he bit, was, a little bit, but I think it was favor with the, with the general crowd of people not wanting to boo him or, or criticize that. Right. It's a tough thing though, man, because I feel like he's got an audacious kind of personality. He tells you what it is. 
it sets a high expectation. It yeah. really does. And yeah. I think that that's, we're not, we don't level those two things so far with exactly. like some of these yeah, Also, like, and I think I, there's a lot of things I want to bring up I didn't have time for, but, you know, if you're going to walk out with the Undertaker's music in this urn. Right. exactly. That's dude, you're I mean. setting a certain expectation. You have to know, you have to know, like you're setting a certain expectation with that. And so that's why I think this fight is so important in so many other, for, for many reasons. One of which is while he's facing a unique threat in Pereira, it's incumbent upon him. And he, he alluded to this in the interview that he's got a new set of skills, a new th new way of looking at things, a new approaches, some new strategies. We'll see what it all turns out to. Uh, I, I want to talk about Pereira in just a second mm -hmm. because he has a crazy story we have to get to as well. But of course. the other element here is, as he said yesterday to me, he didn't know who was next. He hadn't even looked at the division. He was just focused on this. <laughs> and then we'll see. And the answer is, I mean, Whitaker's down I, there. There's no. Well, I guess the thing is, if Whitaker beats Costa. Oh, sorry for touching your mic. No, you're good. If Whitaker beats Costa, I guess you could do a third Whitaker fight. I'd be interested in it. But I bet if you're Izzy, you have zero interest right. in that. So is it, if he wins, it's 205, right? Like, be. what the fuck else is I it going to so. be? I mean, he's he's mentioned that he wouldn't mind putting hands on Sean Strickland. Yes. Doesn't really make sense yet, you know what I mean? I mean, mean if so Strickland beats Cannoneer, it's That's possible, true. Right? I guess you could then make, I guess, an argument yeah, there. Yeah, but that's, I mean, after getting crushed by Padetta. And Hamzat's right going to welterweight, it seems, right now. Yeah. So there is no one. The answer is that there's no one, Chuck. Oh, man, Hamzat would be, it would be great if that could happen. But, yeah, I think 205 would be the one. I mean, I feel like he's unresolved, too. Nobody wants to go take that one L and then not return to it. I feel like he's that kind of competitor. So I think that that would be – I was looking at the rankings. I mean, he's already – I mean, the top five besides Pereira, like he's beat once or twice every one of them, you know. So it's kind of – How quickly can Bo Nickel get into a title shot? That's not that quickly. Not but that here's what's interesting. <laughs> if Izzy wins – That would be fun right away. If Izzy fun. wins and he actually just kind of like, you know, jabs and low kicks him for five rounds and the fans fucking hate him oh my and he God. did win – I think the call the for the UFC it, hate him at that point. Well, <laughs> maybe, but they at that point a third Whitaker fight I think becomes yeah. much more likely. But if he goes in there and like polishes off Pereira, there might be some calls for a Whitaker fight, but I don't think it's as urgent. Yeah, of, uh, if it were a decision, that seems reasonable, right? Yes. If he goes in and blows the doors off of Pereira, though, like where do you, what do you think happens then? Just two hundred five. Yeah. I mean, I could see this being they the fight another, that happens. they give him another title shot at 205? Maybe. They should. Maybe. Hard. He would have to go in there and really stunt. That'd be crazy if it was his. Uh, it was Glover, his uh, Pereira's training partner. Wouldn't yeah. that be weird? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Although but, Glover, fucking old Glover yeah. can wrestle, dude. That's yeah. a tough fight, too. Yeah. That's a real uh, tough fight. All right, yeah. Let's talk about Pereira for just a second. His story is fucking bananas. Yeah. So if my math is right, it's 371 days between his first UFC fight and his title shot. Dude, that's like Brock Lesnar timeline. We thought that they kind of expedited... Israel Adesanya, remember? Like, but he had five fights before. It was the sixth fight that was for the interim title yes. fight. This is only his, what, fourth? Fourth in the UFC or fifth? Yeah, fourth yeah, in fourth. UFC. I mean, three it's UFC way more fights. expedited than even He's Israel like Adesanya, six and which one. is crazy. Six and one as a yeah. pro MMA fighter? Yeah. And I mean, since really turning and becoming a, a real mixed warrior, yeah, yeah. training in full time, only this four Full, fights, Fully I mean, converted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's only had three fights in the UFC. I mean, this is as expedited as it gets, right? I mean, like, you're throwing him into the, into the fire right now. He's 34. True. It makes sense, right? It makes sense given everything, too. Like, what we just mentioned that there's not a lot of options at the top of that division. You have the backstory. I think this is the most compelling fight. I know that you like the Whitaker. Some of them were really fun to think about, but compelling in storylines, too, and just uh, psychological interplay. Like, how much is he in Izzy's head? You know, things like that. I think that it's fascinating on those levels, too, you know? I mean, you can't in any way say that you don't take 
Paredes' chances seriously because we, he's fought the guy twice in kickboxing and once viciously stopped him. On the other hand, you also have to acknowledge there's just no getting around this. Not only was the timeline expedited, yeah. but like just look around. If you're in the UFC, you're in the entertainment business. You're in the product business. There was no other fight they were going to make with half as interesting as a storyline. That's true. And you could say that the Whitaker third fight would have an interesting storyline, but I think people would be fucking bored with it a little bit. I don't think there's as much uh, customer want for that. Yeah, so this is my point. It's like of all your possible choices, the Pereira one was by far the best story to sell. And that indeed, in addition to his own very impressive performances – played a role here, how we got to this position. 100%. I heard him say, I don't know, it was maybe in your interview where, uh, you know, he's that Pereira's only here because of him. And I mean... He said that in a few places. Yeah, there. I mean, it's just, it's it's true. It is true, but you could also make the opposite point. That Izzy's only in the UFC because he lost. You know, he got kind of kicked out oh, in a right. weird way. It's, it's just point. a... Yeah. Uh, the psychological interplay, like, and, and you know, I, I love that sort of thing because we've seen guys losing for some reason... If it beats him up inside, and I th- I do feel like that Izzy is one of those guys who's mentally strong, but there's something about like when you see a guy again who's already beat you or whatever, you know, a team. You see it all the time in team sports. Some of them are inexplicable where they just they just have a they mental have that hurdle. number. Yeah, they have the number, and then the other team, even though they may be superior, they just don't know how to get over. It's that, like running you know? into an ex girlfriend, and you're sort of like, I'm, I'm past her. Look at me, I'm better off. But <laughs> you know, you, you catch that eye, and you and you know, it's the same. <laughs> it thing. does happen when you go to Denny's often. <laughs> Uh, he's so, once that camera turns on, he's so dismissive of me. But once the camera's off, he's like always like, "How'd I do? How'd I do?" He's always like touching and stuff. It's like so, it's, such, it's so touching. weird. I do do a lot of touching. Uh, yeah, right. do do. Uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. But uh, no, to this to this point here, um, Luke and I debated this on MK. The idea of okay, it has to mean something that Pedeta beat him twice and once by knockout. It doesn't mean it's impossible for it to not to mean anything, even though they are completely different fighters. I feel like from what I heard from. Luke talking to Izzy that Izzy is using this the best possible way as fuel. Is there any scenario in which Izzy could get in trouble, whether it's not being afraid of him, but maybe being too overconfident and trying to make a point? I think Izzy's going in here wanting to stop this guy. I mean, of course, you want to stop everybody. But do you feel like he's harnessing this power, which is this backstory and this for all the right ways? against this opponent does he need to be aware offensive and aggressive and ready to go against him or is it better off for Izzy to do a cannoneer like performance again there's a lot of factors into this I feel like he he does understand the pressure of this hurdle because people are talking about it you know the, the general perception is well there's here's this guy out here who can beat him you know and I don't think that he particularly wanted the fight. You know what I mean? Like I, I think if he had his druthers he's fighting somebody else but this is the situation he's handling it I, I don't know, man. I mean, I do think that he's going to, enga- this will be something I believe they're going to engage. I feel like something's going to happen yes. and you're going to see that hap- that moment where it's going to get real. And that's, that's when it's just, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Cause oh, it's just, yeah. it's an awesome, like a real it's an fan awesome fight, you. man. I mean, from what we've seen and you might've, you probably, cause I, you were working with glory for a while. Like I don't, you may have seen put out a fight more than I left just yeah. before he got, okay. Cause I've seen him before. fight a couple of times. I mean, obviously watched the Izzy fights, but I just, you know, just his, the way he fights, his aggressiveness, his precision, you know what I mean? Like, it's the, the, the power he's... People like, I mean, tend it's to just, fall. Dude, I just... They I, get I moved love, by his I love power. the ideas. <laughs> no, seriously, he has I was, I, was power, in, right? I was in the gym. Uh, the, the, he trains out really close to where I'm at in Danbury. And uh, I was in the gym. Dominic Reyes was in there. And there's a bunch of dudes. Uh, what's his name? Fernelli Felix. Yes. You know those cats? Those the, uh, Junior and senior. So he's, he's just rotating through these guys. And, I mean, he's just such a machine. 
And you see him going out, he's throwing off his headgear and just like, you know, I mean, just a machine. I'm talking to him afterwards and it's like, I know there's a language barrier, but he just seems like just this cold, no expression on his face, just a killer. And I'm like, you're trying to fi- figure out where the the emotional temperature is or whatever, and you can't get it. I mean, it's just, mm. I, I don't feel like he's uh, he's bothered by any well, of Here's what's weird. Yo, Rocky, the, three vibes for real. Thing, yeah. So the best part about this fight to me is obviously the unknown about Pareda as an MMA fighter, and obviously you add in the backstory and it's even better. But what we don't know is also so exciting because he could be way better than we think. True. He could go in there and get handled in a technical match. He also could be just way more mentally sound, tough in every possible way. But because he puts out a demeanor that's so foreign villain with no personality... It really ramps up the what cards it's, is he hiding? So Chuck, you were oh, in the I need gym. A beer when someone gets, you got to yeah. see his package. What is he hiding? I mean, what what is he? It's a fine package. It's uh, <laughs> but you both the, uh, can get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I was? You know what I was thinking is, you're a Star Wars guy. Like you watched the first movie. I used to be a Star Wars. All right. Guy. Well, the, the, so, so the first the first three movies, you know, Star like Wars the guy. the original movies. You know, you think it's Luke Skywalker's story, right? Like, you're, you're watching Luke Skywalker's story unfold. Turns out he's a fucking bitch. But by the third movie, you realize it's really Darth, it's Anakin. It's yeah. Darth Vader's story yeah. that's Who's been a told. a bigger bitch. This a is kind of the setup bitch. here. Because if Alex Pereira goes in there and beats Izzy Adesanya, suddenly he owns his life rights. Like, he, he, like he takes everything. It's his story being told now. Like, he takes the whole story. And then we realize that it's always been his story. It's a weird thing, Wow, man. I just, my mind just got blown by that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's very wow. Star Wars-esque. I thought you'd appreciate that. I don't know if he takes the whole story. I mean, the guy's been an undefeated middleweight He's got champion. his life rights. He's got his soul he in a jar. He's got his life rights. That means Eugene Behrman is Watto, right, from episode one. Hey, Anakin, why are you going to always bring the Jedi? Uh, you know. <laughs> is that the guy who had slaves casually? Yeah. Oh, the that fly, Watto? The guy's Watto? Like flying yeah, the fly, Watto. Yeah. Flying slave. Yeah. Yeah. Any? Any? <laughs> hey, do you guys, no, real question here, Chuck. All right. Because Qui-Gon in, in the six, in the nine movies is incredibly go. overrated. Considering, like, look, look. Episode, Qui-Gon, bitch. Episode six, Luke is the coolest he'll ever be. Dressed in black, Jedi, vicious. He he's, was cool in Mandalorian. He's a bitch the rest of his life. His dad's bitch. Anakin is all bitch, except for when he put on the black. Do you think Qui-Gon banged Shmi Skywalker, Anakin's mother, when he was, like, spending all that time in their house, checking the midichlorians? Yo, he definitely— <laughs> Checking the midichlorians. Yo, Qui-Gon definitely hit that. Now nah, he hit Qui-Gon, it. Qui-Gon, Okay, would— <laughs> Eventually, a, we'll get to that level of a, Star Wars am I right? showing the adult features. Of the a, am animals. I right? And B, would you have as well? <laughs> uh, yeah. Correct and yes, of course. Okay, Dude, he would have banged half the things moseying through the Moss Eisley Cantina. <laughs> Is that a lightsaber in your Wretched uh, Yeah, you're just happy to see us. All right, yeah. uh, well, I don't know what he's just trying to get a beer. I mean, that's all. Talk, talking about, um, t- t- sorry, talking about uh, Pareda and taking his whole life. That's an interesting one. That seems a little aggressive. That no, would be no. it, by the way, which is in play if you look at the odds, obviously. Not this is the closest life, odds. You know, like, he's taking his uh, his his um, life rights in terms of artistically. Yeah, you like, took everything you I worked no, for. No, no, I know what you mean. Him, what I mean you know. is, um, like, ultimately, you, you're you just a character in his story. Right. That's what I'm trying to say, but... But I mean, obviously that's okay. Super. Well, hold, but, hold, but what about kind of does? What if, what if it's competitive? What if it actually looks like the second fight again, where Izzy's like whooping his ass for two rounds or something, and then the third round just gets the doors blown off and stopped? What if they do that? Because then you're going to get immediate rematch territory. So that that's what true. I was trying for the last like minute. I've been trying to grab <laughs> yeah. control of this. After Qui-Gon, like, hey, what time when Luke was on Tatooine, he was jacking yeah, off. No, no, I, I had reset though and come at you, you know, in the right way. But my whole point was this. 
is in the weird backwards way, but no one would ever want this, is the best thing to happen to Izzy and his marketing to lose this by stoppage because this rematch would be, if Alex Pereira comes in there and takes his story, takes his title, takes his everything, that rematch would not only offer Izzy the like ultimate redemption angle, it would be a massive fight. Sometimes, uh, you know, you need the Chael Sonnen to come in and kind of lift Silva off the ground, right? Like you got to kind of give him something more than just uh, whatever he had going on at that time. Like sometimes you need the foil and uh, I could see that working too. I could see where Izzy might actually get, especially if it's just a really good fight and then he loses Yeah. and they have that rematch. I could see the rematch being very big and people having a fondness for Izzy. Maybe that isn't there yet, or maybe a, a sense of caring we were talking about earlier that wasn't there yet. Cause look, people, I think look at Izzy, like I said, and they feel like they can't officially identify. Cause they're like, well, he's kind of a badass, but not really. He's kind of a trash talker, but he's also this anime nerd. If he does True. the American way, which is climb through adversity, whether it's through losing and coming back or just being in a crazy fight here and winning it, that's the ultimate way to, to shut up all the haters and to win all the people is by handling your business and walking through hell to do that. That is in play in this fight. Izzy has a lot of ways to win this beyond just winning it, right? Like this could be, I think damn, so. I'm getting fired up for this. I kind of wish I was in the building Saturday rather than sitting right here and just. I love the an- an- analytical stuff. Like what do you think Izzy from a no, medical standpoint, here's the simplest way I can put this, and I feel very confident in saying this. Now, okay, again, because there's a YouTube channel out there that's taking clips of what people say. Yeah. And then, like, if you – we <laughs> picked Makachev to win. That's right. ended up being right. But we said nice things. Like, one thing I said was I said that uh, Oliveira has better striking than Makachev. And they took Pri- that. Prior to 280, the evidence was very much in favor of that claim. It just turns out through 280 it's not. But what I would say is this. <laughs> the best way to understand it from what I can tell – Izzy is the more skilled of the two. He is the more skilled. He's the more technical of the two. He's more skilled. The real big X factor is that Pereira is uh, more lethal. He has one punch KO power or, you know, just one, one strike fight changing power in a way that Izzy does not typically. Mm-hmm. Now, Izzy has had put guys out with single shots before, like with Costa, basically. Yeah. And that wasn't quite a single shot, but, you know, the one behind the behind the ear got him down. So, to me, it's like, you know, we always say in boxing when someone fights Floyd Mayweather, they're like, he's got to be perfect for 12 rounds. I have to be perfect for one instant, like the, the Deontay Wilder right. thing. It's not quite like Deontay Wilder. That's not quite right. right. I know what you're saying, though. But uh, Izzy has to be more dialed in, and he has more ways to do it. But Jesus Christ, Pereira, however you want to say it, is very, very fucking dangerous. We should unify our pronunciation of. of we should. We should unify. Or just it. go with three different ones. I like three different ones. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. Let's talk about the co main event here for All just right. a second. Jeez, Louise. Is there a two time UFC champion who has less identity <laughs> as a champion Dude. than Carla Esparza? And I really hate to introduce it this way. She fights Zhang Wiley. Everyone and their brothers. Dude, we had Dean Thomas on the show yeah. on Friday. He's like, yeah, I'm not even worried about this fight. Uh, Carla's going to get her head cut off. It is what it is. We're like, Jesus. Like, no All one right, gives a on. shit about this one. Yeah. Are they wrong? Or are they right? <laughs> I mean, no, no, listen, listen, like they showed, they showed, I forget which event it was. It just happened recently. There was, it was one of the, it wasn't an Apex show. It was at an arena. I forget which one it was, but they had, they were showing the celebrities, you know how they do this on the, the Jumbotron. They were showing it and the telecast and they showed, I think it was Brandon Moreno and there was a big pop. You could hear it. And then they flashed over to Carlos Sparza. And I don't even want to say it was crickets because crickets are loud, obnoxious little insects. Like yeah. they, it was pin drop stuff. It was like, you couldn't hear anything. And I was like, man, I've never seen them flash to a champion who just got nothing in the live environment, you know, like nothing. 
So, I mean, if you just look at that alone. Well, here's like, the thing. I've seen it where it's like, who's the least, you know, heralded UFC champion of all time? And it's like Nico, maybe it's Nico, Nico Montagna oh is probably the answer. But, like, dude, I Carla mean, is a, that's a stretch Carla's game. a yeah. two-time champ. Right. Two times she's in a great, not like she's the two time featherweight champion. It's like the greatest division in women's ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there's, and she has no, I, if, I could, if you ask me about her as a fighter, you could tell me like, what's what, what are you like? What, what has her championship reign been like? It's just, I have nothing to say about it. Right. Now she's, she's looking for a title defense. That's the point, but she's been here twice now and we have no real claim to like what identity she has. So Chuck, the point. question is this, oh my God. is and, it because of the rosary match? Is it because Carla's always in split or majority decisions? Yeah. Is it because people yes. just hate her? Yes. Do people love Whaley so much? What's yes. going on right now? All because nobody cares about this fight. They're just shitting on <laughs> I like this fight. No, it's a good fight. I, but if you're looking at her as a champion, I mean, I sort of feel like she's a nightmare. And I hate saying this stuff, but you know, the UFC had something in Rose Nami. You know, they had somebody who had a compelling something going on. They really tried to get behind that too and like really put that out. What do you actually market with somebody like Carlos Sparza who – you know, sucks the life out of somebody and sometimes in a fight and just kind of nullifies offense and then dominates in ways that aren't spectacular. You know what I'm saying? And then she wins, like you said, split decisions three out of her last four, I think, or split decisions. She she beats Rose Namus, who I think that a lot of people were emotionally tied to. You know, I think the UFC really loves her. So she beats her in a very nondescript way, he, you know, real talk, Chuck, yeah. say that that fight fucking sucked. It did. It sucked, man. So Is I think the it, worst title fight of all time, man, there's been a few, but I feel like that was there's definitely, it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. And I, I just, none of time. this does her any favors. None of this does her any favors. So it's just, I, I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the needle isn't moving. I, it might benefit her to be on this card, you know, kind of as the co-main. I don't know how this will play out, but uh, no, I mean, I, I just feel like she doesn't, she just doesn't move the needle, man. I don't know. I, it's a combination of all yeah. those things you just said, though. I think it's everything. People want Rose to be champion. Her documentary is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. I, if Car- Isn't that if, funny? If, like they're running a documentary on Rose Namajunas right I mean, before be Carlos. <laughs> if Whaley beats her on Saturday, I'm telling you, they're running yeah. back Whaley Rose 3. It's like this historical matchup between all-time greats. Yeah. Yet none of, you know, how many people are two-time champions? Rose happens to be, but Carla is here. So let's look at this matchup with okay. Young Whaley. I, I get when you look at recent history, a lot of things, why Whaley would be a favorite, but she's a massive favorite in this. What is the, fight. I haven't, I don't she's know. Four she's four to one. Mi- like minus 300. She's Whoa. Okay. That's, that's higher than I would have thought. Yeah. She's basically a, you know, three and a half to four to one favorite here. So wow, that's now crazy, to, to put that into context, Carla has been the underdog in six of her last seven fights. The only one that she wasn't was the v- Verna Jandrow. Yeah. Which fight. by the way, she's won five in a row. She won six in a row, four in a row? by majority or split decision. All right. But, when you look at the matchup, it, I don't look. I think Whaley's going to win. I'm going to pick her. I think she should be the favorite. She should be a four to one over somebody like Asparza. I don't see that. I just don't see that. I think Whaley's going to win, but I think it's really because she's she is packing power too, right? And I she's think she's a tank. And right she, now. But, uh, the, both of them like to kind of you you know this stuff better than me, but the, it seems to me they like to make it a little clinch. You know, get in closer. You know, I I don't know where it takes place, but I just feel like that power will translate. And it'll translate early enough where Carla will not be able to do her game plan. I, I still remember when, you know, when uh, when it was Joanna and Jacek at UFC 185 started to just light up Carla Sparza, and you saw that moment where she was like, "I I don't know what to yeah, do. I'm done. I'm, done, I'm done." And it happened early. It was existential vertigo. Well, once, from that point once, on, it was like, it, "Where's she going to go?" Yeah. You know? Once it dawned on her, yeah, that the takedown wasn't going to happen. Exactly. That's what I she mean. Was like, what the yeah. fuck do I do here? So. I can envision a scenario like that, you know, and I think that this is the right matchup 
for Whaley to get her belt back. I do like her also, stylistically in this one. Beastie fight. brought up a great point today. On, on Sometimes, and, right? Uh, no, no. I, I get, dude, I am partnered with you. I obviously think highly of you. But I also know you, and you're a fucking dirtbag loser. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> Chuck. I mean, as as a, as a fellow Connecticutite, right there. Could you get what my what back, please? What was I even going to say at this point? I brought up a great point today about Whaley. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, he brought up a great point, which was, dude, remember when she was getting booed when when Rose made like the anti-communist comments, yeah. and everyone was like mad at Whaley Young because a, a government she has no control over whatsoever <laughs> has a certain America. system in place that she yeah. has no ability to change. Then they got really mad at her for that. Yes. For, you know, Colby yes. went through the same thing, yeah. Uh, so anyway, but the point Poor being was like, they were booing her not too long ago, and here they are now. They're, like, she's yeah, she's the people's champion, to be very clear about that, in that yes. weight class. Yeah, the Rose, People's Republic of China champion. Yes. Okay, I mean, that's just also no, like unnecessary. That was just a, unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> the UFC is obviously, I think that they it's an untapped sort of thing, right? Like you're sort of like, if she's really has a reign as a champion, I feel like they believe the inroads into China become that much more. It's, it's just a massive thing. So from a UFC perspective, I mean, I, I well, have to UFC think that they love, they, they want her really badly oh, for beat. sure. But let's be fair about the fans. What is, what is, what do the fans love the best? Same thing we're talking about with Izzy. Like what if Padeta beat him in MMA and then they ran that back and that was huge. They loved the comeback. Whaley was on top of the mountain lost it by head kick, yeah. first run knockout, changed her body and her style around for that rematch. I just watched the Rose rematch yesterday. It was a good-ass fight. You could good, argue. Yeah. She looked good. Whaley. I, I liked Rose I was again worried about it because she came off that war, too, before that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You could argue that as a win for Whaley, and then what she did to that version of Ioana, who came in there guns blazing, best shape of her career, I'm giving everything I have left. I think people have embraced the fighting spirit of Zhang Weili, which is impressive. Yeah. She is a fun character in this game, a great addition to this division's <laughs> history. That when you, like, I mean, is it a power five? What are we calling them? They're not the Mount Rushmore, but there are, what, five women that have really been the face of this division since it started? Carla's the inaugural champ. Joanna was the longest reigning champ. Right. Rose is a two-time champ and kind of won everybody's hearts. Andrade oh, always gosh. makes great fights and was the champion. Who am I missing here? Zhang. Zhang Wei Li. I mean, yeah. the six of them have just, except for that last fight, Rose five. Carla two, five or six of them have made magic together. And Carla's yeah, the inaugural like a, champ and the champ right. right now. It should be a bigger deal. Yeah, this, this is a this, seriously, yeah, this, is this is a great this fight. This is a testament, like, the two Yoana fights that Zhang had, one was the best women's fight maybe oh you've God. ever seen. And the second one was Zhang Wei Li letting everyone know what fucking time it was. Yeah. And you were like, "Ooh, okay." The 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 yeah, worm no has the worm has yeah. turned here. The worm has turned here. And so I think also like that was such a powerful, impressive performance. God. And that you know, Cookie Monster's up there, kind of like she's getting through every time. But right. it's it's just never except for the, the Yong Shao non fight. But that was a stylistic True. advantage. She hasn't really quite fucking put her stamp on it. Dude, right. Zhang Wiley put her fucking stamp on it. That is true. And so that, there's a big difference there. But it's just kind of funny. You know, you know, it's as not, far as this path to victory, though. That's the thing. It's not fair. It's but still going to be the same, right? But, yeah. This is why, <laughs> getting back to the conversation about like champion versus non-champion, this is necessarily the best <laughs> example. But it just goes to show you, if your conversation about what makes MMA great is strictly focused to who is a champion, you miss a little bit about like what yeah. the other people on the outside right. are actually If you're providing. only focused on Hall of Famers, you'll miss Neil Magny. True. That's what Luke was breaking down this that's week. A good you say that like it's a jokey insult. I, that's a. It's not a jokey insult. <laughs> You're a jokey insult. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, who's insulted? Uh, you wedded your career to this piece of trash. Over yeah, I know. Right that's now. why, dude. That, people don't understand anything about 
this kind of job. It's like, dude, <laughs> look at the obvious reality of how I have partnered with Brian Campbell. How could you do this unless you had a great opinion? That is what gives me latitude to call you a shitbag. Do you understand sure. that? That's the I, whole bit. That's, that's bit. why it works. It's the bit. Chuck, thank you for being like the stepdad in this relationship. You know what I mean? Between two old. I love when you guys come back from a trip. It's always a little feisty. You've spent too much time together, yeah. and I always catch you in the aftermath yeah. of that. Oh, no, no, like... we're fine. I'm just doing, I'm doing a bit. <laughs> I'm doing a bit for the cameras. All right. I mean, I'm not sure what else to say about this fight, to be quite honest with you. Well, what uh, I was just going to ask on the last thing about this fight Carlos Sparza wins split decision. It's not the greatest I'll fight. I'll tell you what, man. What you happens? Be, you beat an opponent that quality. You got by hook or by river flowers anyway. Owed respect. Well, that, okay, yeah. that's the right question because I do believe Rose walks in if Whaley wins and we do that trilogy. If Carla wins, right. I actually the more I think about it, I don't think the UFC would necessarily wants to do Rose Carla three. Who would be next for Carla? Is it is it uh, Amanda Lemos? Is it Lemos might be one? Yeah, they, be. they're they're. I bet they're bitter. Dern didn't win. I bet you too. Oh yeah, I bet I'm they, sure they wanted are. that one. I'm they sure could they have are. done a good. Uh, they could have done something with. Imagine that Ioana one. comes out of retirement, just parachutes in to rematch Carla for the belt. Front kicks him in the <laughs> face. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, what yeah. would it take to get Ioana on this couch? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Brett Okamoto. <laughs> what it takes. <laughs> that's a, no, the, yeah, that's like, answer. hey, Brett, we don't really want to. We like you. We don't really want to hang out with you, but the hot chicks come around. Like, we're just going to use you as a decoy. It's like, listen, dude, we don't really give a shit what you have to say, but can you just sit here, please? <laughs> um, as, as a JJ magnet, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So then we takes us to the fight that I think. I mean, he's he, handsome, right? He's a good looking guy. Yeah, of course. I, would, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the. I had a fraternity. I told you about this, boy. I had a fraternity brother who was like, son of a bitch. He was like a 10 out of 10, this fucking guy. I'd never seen life. Dude, you. <laughs> we one time, this is a true story. We one time went Everybody's into this bar. This dude, it was me, man. him, and two other guys. And the three of us were might as well have been, and I was like just the math team pieces of yeah. shit. And I was, we get there and I'm like, yeah, get me a beer. And I went to the bathroom and I came back and I'm not doing a bit. Dude, I've been in the bar 120 seconds yeah. at most. <laughs> and he, I came back and he was making out with some girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the bar. And I was like, I was like, dude, what is that like? <laughs> <laughs> what is that like to be that attractive yeah, yeah. where that kind of thing happens to you? What the Very fuck reminiscent that of that time Uriah Faber was on our couch and he oh was just God. like. Dude, did you hear this? We asked Faber, was like, yo, dude, when you got famous, bro, like, yeah. it must have been better for you with the women and shit, right? And he was like, uh, it's always been good. Yes. <laughs> like, fuck. I, I watched that episode and I can, I can actually attest to that. Uh, Through his career, I've seen him in multiple situation like you probably have too but i've been at i've been at pool parties where he's at like things like this and it is like that trust me man every time i see him in vegas like whatever is going on i mean he's and just he has no trouble here's what i hate about uriah so much he's impossible to hate he's a really he's nice fucking inspiring impossible to hate business minded gentleman yeah just slanging his wife's kind of hot we can't, that's, we can't. <laughs> okay yeah, we i mean what are you doing <laughs> yeah. all right with that in mind let's talk about the third see major. what carlos sparza chases us to we go down these rabbit holes yeah yeah let's go to the third fight run on this show until they canceled it right <laughs> may i proceed yeah yes. go ahead before the dads i mean by the way some some person who's yeah. a, some person who's 21 is going to tune in and look at this and he's like look at these three washed pieces of shit yep. all wearing hoodies uncoordinated all wearing hoodies and jeans, just looking like Dark absolute socks. bags of fucking feces. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah like, why do you got to listen to these morons? You, I mean, you don't have to. You don't. You yeah, definitely don't. You definitely have to. Dustin Poirier taking on Michael Chandler. This is the big one. Now, yeah. we made this conversation before about the main event in a different way. Let's circle back here. Okay. We talked on this very show about, we thought when we were talking about Islam and Charles, that that was 
potentially this changing of the guard moment about not only who was the leader of that division, but this new class. Right. We talked about this a little bit today on MK. Do you agree that here we have Chandler versus Poirier? And to be clear, it does appear that the winner could be could be could be right. in a number one contender's position. We don't know that officially, but it seems probable. This is perhaps the last gasp of that older 2016-ish class kind of yes, the, the, action heroes, action all heroes, those all those guys who gave us so many wonderful fights. Their, their time is almost up. I agree hundred percent. And as I, especially when you look down the rankings of some of those guys, man, I mean, they're just coming into what, what they're capable of and they're already there. I mean, they're going to be very hard to beat some of these guys that are coming up. Saruki and camera. Yeah. All, all the, these, I mean, all these, all these cats that are down there. I mean, Ulof, yes. I mean, they, it's just a murderer's row, but if you look, I mean, I think Chandler is what? 36 years old, something like that. Yeah. Like he's, he's getting up there too. Yeah, and he's time. had some wars, man. The guy's been at it forever. And you look at Dustin Poirier, he seems older than he is because he's been around since he was so young. And so he's in fighter years. He's getting up there too. But if you're just looking at the guys coming up and you're looking where these guys are, yes, I think that the winner of this, um, this is their last chance to maybe get that title and the loser is going to be a very hard roll back, man. Yeah, but this is the last chance for that era. So is there, is there a, a way this has to go for Charles? I'm sorry for Alexander Volkanovsky to not get the next title shot. What has to happen here on Saturday for that not to happen? I feel like that's going to happen. Don't you though? I mean, I feel, dude. Like I feel like a Chandler or Poirier too, because well, of the name is star power, but Chandler <sighs> fought for the title once and was, it was pretty damn close to winning. Yeah. If he knocks Poirier out early doing the Chandler bit of just coming out, fucking throwing. Well, dude, I think that's going to happen. I mean, I feel like he's going to do that, man. I just feel like they're going to go out there and guns blazing, but marketing wise, wouldn't you rather put him in there against a kind of reckless slugger who Islam, when I say put him in there, I mean, put Islam in with a reckless slugger sure. American who can sell and people be excited. And Islam will probably railroad him. Or put him in there with a Volkanovski who might be able to Man, beat him. You know what I mean? The other thing is Chandler does have the wrestling, right? Like, so it's like he can actually he can't show up as a wrestler if he really wants to. He can he he has those chops, but I don't know. He might get he might be on his back in that fight. Chandler against Islam, even with those wrestling. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, you I, it would be compelling if it happens. There's no real bad scenario there i mean either one of those would be great i think i'm already around to the the volkanovsky thing though i'm like if that happens i'm i'm pretty good with that it's a it's a very poor benil dariush all he does is win 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 right put him against what what? Oliveira, right like at this point all right so let's talk let's talk about mike chandler did you say charles Oliveira versus benil dariush yeah you can do that but but the thing is uh Oliveira said that he is going to take a break oh that he did say that okay then how about max holloway versus benil dariush at lightweight that's a tough fight for max yeah, that is tough. <laughs> uh, winnable, but tough. Tough. Okay. I believe in Max still. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. I still do, but that's a tough fight. Did you think Darius was going to make it out of Abu Dhabi? Um, Try to convert everyone to uh, Christianity. I was here for it. I was like, hell <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, I, I didn't really are. think Front about lines, that. Front lines, baby. He's Ra- getting out. Racism. Racism. You. I'm not allowed to love Jesus. <laughs> not, not, not in a way where you're then proselytizing to Muslims. No, okay. okay. No. You're saying Jesus Christ can't have a curveball. I didn't, really, saying, I didn't really think about that in real time, but that is a good point. I didn't, even, you know, I just it's always a little bit of a. It's not a good point. Beastie's just bringing up nonsense. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's That's talk, what he let, does. Let's talk about. The, let's talk about the reality of this. Let's imagine Mike Chandler on a Sunday morning having freshly knocked out Dustin Poirier. All right. Okay. What is his story now? God, that's tough, man. I don't know. I don't. Not know. where is he going? What does that mean up to that point? 
Does it mean? I mean, obviously, big win for Black History is, Month, right? <laughs> That's a good one. I know it's like here, Black History Month. Here's Michael Chandler. I'm like. I don't think that's the best candidate. <laughs> I don't know that. Oh, man. Uh, I don't think that's the best candidate. Mike Perry at least is 2%, right? 2%. Milk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. I'm just on fire or setting myself on fire. One of the two. One <laughs> yeah. of the two. Yeah. You're on fire in the same way that, you know, my crotch was. Yeah. Just yeah. full of. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where are we going? With this one? Hey, can we, can we stick to the fucking story? This, you do this every fucking time. Yeah. All right. You were just saying if Chandler wins on the Sunday morning. It is yeah. obvious that already he has proven a valuable, great signing by UFC. Sure. But if you got look at the two wins he's got, right, at to this point, I would say yes. Ferguson is the last one. Hooker? And Hooker, and hooker, hooker, yeah. which were phenomenal wins, but then he's got a couple losses too against better opposition, Gaethje and then Oliveira. Yeah. It's like, okay, great signing, no matter what, already worth it. But if he beats Poirier, that's a credibility. Yeah. That, that would be his best win, maybe. Yes, right? I think so. Something like that. I think it would be his best ever. That'd be a great win. Uh, it might yeah, be. Yeah, the Alvarez. It honestly might today. be. Yeah, the Eddie Alvarez. The first Eddie Alvarez was good. Um, you know, they don't really count it, but the Goichi Yamuchi win was yeah. good. Um, uh, beating Benson Henderson on his way out the door was yeah. good. Uh, there's been a few good I ones. I think this would be. Rick a Hahn was a good one. Yeah, but that's not on this level. No, that's the point. Dustin Poirier, would, it would be a level of validation. He beat Ferguson, but I guess the point is this. This would be the second guy he beat who had an interim title run his way right. to the UFC. And at that point, it's like you beat two of those guys. That's actually pretty fucking yes. hard to do. Um, it would be, I think, the most credibility established. It's not like he needs it because I think the fans think he's of this level. But to actually get it done I agree with you. would be a real feather in his cap. It is true. I didn't really thought about that, but there is a little bit of a, a feel to him that he'll stand and give the, the, the fans a show and win or lose, you know, we'll appreciate Michael Chandler, but we don't really think of him as the guy who should win or if he does get that win, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he's always in that position where it's, he's going to be a tough out and he's going to drag that guy through hell, you know, whoever he's fighting. This would be that one, I think. I think that if he would, if he had beaten uh, Gaethje or something like that, like, but I think this would be the guy that, Maybe you would change that a little bit, and it would have to be his because he's th like I said, he's thirty six. I think that this is the moment. If he doesn't do it now, I don't know. I think he's relegated to whatever he's doing now, but on this on a lower level where there's no title talk involved with him anymore, you know. But this would be his moment if he if he viciously KOs or stops Poirier in any kind of way. Do you think that's the best possible next fight for Islam Makachev? You seem to think that Volkanovski is the inevitable one. What's the best yeah? One? What's the best one? Conor McGregor. Oh my God. One fifty-five. No, I hope not. I've got. I hope not. Please. Has to get in that pool again. Uh, yeah, I think that that's the most compelling of the of the fifty-fivers who are right at the top. I think that that would be very compelling. Like I said, because I do think that he has a he has a wrestling pedigree. And he does throw those. I just think that he's, you know, in scrambles and stuff like that, too. He's very good. I just, I think that that would be a really good fight, you know? Okay. I don't think he'd win, okay. but I think but it'd be a good so fight. Let's flip the tables here. So if you're Poirier and you wake up on Sunday morning fresh off a vicious KO of Michael Chandler, what does that do for your career? What does that mean? What's the significance? I think that they would, I don't believe that they would put Dustin Poirier into a, 
that mock Joe fight for whatever reason. I don't know now, why. Why do, you, why do you think Chandler would, but Poirier wouldn't? Isn't Poirier a bigger star or well, is it close? Is uh, I think he's much bigger. Actually. He's a much bigger star, but he just fought for the title. I don't know. It, it's, the UFC is so strange on these things, but he just fought for the title. He fought twice for the title, yeah. just to be fair. right? Him and Gaethje both had He's had the big fights with uh, McGregor. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think. I think they would probably opt. Do you subscribe to my, is there any... Part of you that's wondering about my theory, and I don't want it to be true because I love Poirier, and there's, I mean, he's an American hero. I, I freaking love Poirier. Yeah, but when somebody loses at a certain point, and if they do it in one side of fashion, then we go, oh, we should have seen this coming. Let's look back and reconfigure history and re sort of. Is right. there a way to look back on Poirier's run post Habib and wonder if a, some of it is fool's gold and he may be. Closer to gone than we realized because he went five hard ass rounds with Hooker in a great mm-hmm. fight. But we had Dean Thomas on here going, "Look, I feel like you know Hooker wasn't you know who we should have been in that fight, and Poirier kind of looked better than he should have." And then you got two Connor fights where you could argue based on Connor's condition right. at this point that, that Poirier looked better than he should have, and he did get hurt in that first fight. To be fair, in this, the rematch I'm talking about, to be fair, um, and then you see him against Oliveira, in which it was just I mean I picked Poirier to win. I, I mean, thought he was going to beat Oliveira in a war. And there were some lifeless moments. Charles was great on the ground, on top, covered his mouth, kind of was grimy to him. I got fears. I Not just that Poirier's a slow starter and can be hit early. I got fears that even though we're looking at this as two all-time great action heroes, future Hall of Famers, whether they ever touch a championship or not, maybe. Maybe Chandler. Poirier, definitely. Maybe Chandler, too, because he's so beloved and he had a great run in Bellator. Either way, for two old guys, I feel like Chandler has more gas at the moment. I'm a little nervous for Poirier. Does that make any sense to you? Because I'm, I'm starting well, to believe I mean, it. I think so. You're, you would be reading the tea leaves a little bit, and if it happens, then I'd be like, "Yeah, of course you were right." You know, but well, Poirier that's one goes of those into deeper into fights. But the thing is, damage. but the thing is, he has been in a lot of fights already, and he's already kind of hit. So he didn't have like a title run or something like that, but he had magnitude wise some big fights already. And sometimes guys, once they've already had that, it's harder and harder to get up for the fights that you should win and things Remember like the that. The fights he won to get the Habib fight, those wars yeah. with Eddie, he had to have two of them. The, the fight with uh, Max was insane. I mean, I mean, he goes at any time that can happen. Oh, you know. Pettis. He yeah. goes through five round wars, whereas Chandler has evolved also- into this part, this, this, party figure, this, this firework that you light off and either you get him or he gets you until it burns out. Right. There's a little bit of that too, because, uh, I don't know if you guys remember like his sort of demeanor coming out of his last fight. I mean, he didn't even know it, for a little bit. He was like, I don't even know if I want to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some of that. There's, a there's setup. some of that yeah. sauce. He made good money on yeah. the fights. Luke, made- there's a setup here for Chandler to win by first round knockout and not enough people are feeling it or seeing it. The thing is, Michael Bisping said something, and I think he's right. They, you know, I bet he was not pleased with the way that the it was handled, but with the how the media clipped it out. But he basically made a point that like Chandler's a little bit chinny. Okay, yeah. Here's the truth: Poirier has been in enough wars where we don't know when the bottom's going to drop out, but it could definitely be Saturday. He can't say it couldn't. Not just in any kind of like, oh, it's the next fight. No. The accumulation to this point has been extraordinary. The fact that he's even as durable as he is is remarkable. So the bottom could drop out. Chandler, we know, I don't think has a bad chin. I don't think that's quite right. It's, but I don't think it's a good chin either. It's just kind of, it, it's, it's fine. He's it's fine. so close to danger at all times that I don't even think it matters if <laughs> right. his chin is good or bad. That's true. Doesn't even, true. Right, to the point where the way in which he courts danger, it may not even really fucking matter. Yeah. And he can scramble his ass off too, so he's got that. But, um, you know, I, like that durability does play a, a role. And to this point, 
dude, Poirier's durability is fucking unbelievable. Over the long haul. But Connor in the first fight and Michael Johnson both proved that if you get there quick enough, he can have a flash chin. You can get him out of there if you get there but quick Michael enough. Johnson, when he threw a lead uppercut with no setup and he got countered by it, and it's like he ate that one completely. I'm not going to say that. I mean, yes, that's it's a thing that happened. It's real. It counts. But that's not the Poirier of today. I, Sorry, I don't buy that. And I'm wondering whether the Poirier today is not the Poirier you think he is, and that's my fear. But I love the guy, and I know it makes people like CBS Sports' Brandon Wise really mad when I say Chandler's going to win by first-round knockout. He gets mad about that? Yeah, but I <laughs> love it. I love this bet. The Poirier yeah. of yesterday is going to be the Poirier of tomorrow. You know what? <laughs> yeah, meet the new, meet the new boss. For Same their own health's sake, I'm, I mean, I'm not glad it's not five rounds, but like for their health, yeah. I am glad it is not five rounds. They it's would so fucking true, kill man. each other. I mean, it, it, this reminds me a little bit of the welterweight division when Lawler, you know, and I, I just felt like all those dudes were just reconfiguring all of their their psyches. You know, it's like they're going in there just taking years off each other's lives. They're all wars, and I feel like yeah. that. That right now in that top five space of the lightweight, you have some of those guys. They're just taking years out of each Are other. Are you talking about post-GSB exit in 2013? They were all yeah. wars at the highest level. That's what like I mean, Hendricks, Lawler, And they Rory. were all altered slowly. All of them all of a sudden started to fade out. They, they, they ground each other. That's what I mean. Dust. And I feel like that's kind of going on a little bit with these guys. I mean, they're yeah. having crazy fights dude. with Gaethje in there and stuff. It's just a lot the peak of... peak of Johnny Hendricks was quick, but it was fun, man. It was, dude, I yeah. love prime Johnny Hendricks. I love him. <laughs> It, it was amazing. Sense. But, uh, the one thing that was always amazing to me about him was that for folks who never paid attention, when he was wrestling in college, he was the number one oh, yeah. uh, villain in college wrestling. People fucking hated Johnny Hendricks. On like a Pat Downey level? Worse, dude. He was a two-time national champion. Yeah, they hated like him. that motherfucker could wrestle. And uh, and he was, you know, big and bold and brash and, and was over at Oklahoma State, which had, yeah. you know, just this very prestigious program at the time and still does, obviously. And uh, they hated him. And they got to the UFC, and he just didn't have the same vibe with the crowd at all. Like, it was – it wasn't that he didn't have big or yeah. important fights, but the thing he was in college never returned in MMA. That was always kind of strange for me. He did beat that GSP is, that time, though. We I thought he beat him. Yes, he did. He beat him. I think we all agree. I didn't think he beat Robbie in that one fight, though. You don't think who beat Robbie? Uh, in their first meeting. Hendricks? Uh, Hendricks, yes. I just remember seeing him get pieced up by uh, Wonderboy Thompson. and I was sitting at the cage side and just being like, that, how can this be happening? You remember that fight? Mm. Oh, vaguely. I mean, Wonderboy Thompson, it was almost like. I remember Warrior, Wonderboy piecing Warrior up uh, Jake, uh, what's his face? Ellenberger. Yes, yeah, yeah, that one too. But he just pieced him up. I mean, go back and watch it sometime. It's it's crazy. I mean, sure, he's, just it's to, like the perfect the perfect for to reset fight. the record straight. This is obviously saying like, here's two hot chicks. Which one would you rather kiss? But I think you would agree that yes. Rory versus <laughs> Robbie was better than Carlos versus Robbie. Just just come clean, yeah. come straight away on the record, and just set it straight, please. I agree. Yeah, well, it's two stupid opinions. You know, you, you like the other one. It's I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's like one of them changed their careers. That's one of them true. Didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the conduct one that changed their careers. I think I'm really in love with the other one because uh, it was maybe Esther Lynn who caught that shot when they're staring at each other before the fifth round. Yeah. I mean, I mean stuff like that. It's just yeah, like it's a legendary. All right. Game. Before we uh, call it a day here, there is a CKB angle to this card. Yes, there is. Yeah. What do you think about that, that parlay? You're going to go all four CKB? of them on the card. You mentioned <laughs> Izzy already. Uh, let's see. Dan Hooker in yeah. a tough fight back at lightweight against. Boy, he needs it. Wait, just what do you make of this contest? What do you make of where Hooker is at at all? <sighs> I feel like now you got to see it, right? He's in that moment where 
he needs it. What is it, like four out of five? And he's he's lost, just, yeah. He's yeah. just, he was somewhere here, and it's like one of those plummets, but he's fighting guys who are just so good. I, I just, it has to be seen now, right? Would you like say you a win here, it. though, would be the biggest win for a hooker since Heidi Fleiss went mainstream? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that would be about right. Yeah. We got a disagreement here. No, you don't have a disagreement. That's that's like for him to like, dude. Give he's gonna start making silence, Joey Buttafuoco like, jokes on here. <laughs> that's how silence. washed you are. To get the silence, though. I mean, that's just the. Uh, Why don't that's, you show us that one eye? All right, Chuck. <laughs> um, you broke down the hooker fight again. Yeah. At, you know, at depth, I, in depth. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I do have an an eye on this. Okay. Meatball Molly versus Aaron. Blanche. That's a good fight. fight. Molly, Tough the fight biggest underdog on the card, but yet two spinning back fist KOs. Dave Portnoy's shoulders. Wow. Her and Patty have Take a reality course. series, it seems. She's yeah. always on our friggin' Dude, screen. Aaron Dude, Aaron Blanchfield oh, yeah. will take you down and ruin your plans. Okay? I know, I know. And I think she's is she a Coloradian? Uh, I believe she is, yeah. And, the, and, and that, that resonates with you and like yeah. inside your you know, loin basket. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, training at altitude, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's a tough, tough fight. <laughs> it's a tough, tough fight for uh you want to make here. a prediction, right? It's kind of crazy that they actually booked this fight for her. I mean, yeah, why not, why not capitalize on her? It, sounds, it tells you what to think about Aaron Blanchfield. That's what it yeah. tells you. Yeah. Oh, so they're using the star, the recent star power of Molly's crossover to to really give the rub to Aaron. We shall see. I mean, we shall see, but uh, it looks that way. Does this remind you of Roxanne Modafari versus Macy Barber? Oh, my God. It does not to me at all. No, it doesn't. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, no way helpful whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, all right. Bad so, memories on Okay, that so you've got Izzy. <laughs> you've got Dan Hooker. You've yeah. got Brad Riddell taking on Hanato yeah. Moicano. Dude, that's a banger. That's a good fight, yeah. Right? Yeah. Love that one. Do you know how sick Hanato is? Mental? Like, he will, he will, he wants to get into a war every time now. That's what it's always about. Carlos Olberg taking on um, Nikolai. Yeah, Nick he Morano. kicks off the whole card, right? Like, hold on, but we, we can't we can't close this without talking about Frankie Edgar. Oh yeah, this is the end. He's taking on Chris Gutierrez, uh, Factory X, Mark Montoya, trained fighter. Very good. You go back a long time covering Frankie. Yeah, I do. What was the Way first back. fight you ever covered from Frankie? Oh man. I, people joke because I talk about the Matt Veach, um, you know, way Matt back in the day, Veach, way back in the day. But I mean, I didn't pull. know this. Like, I, I didn't know the guys that much. But right before he went into the UFC, I think he fought Jim Miller in a, another promotion. And I remember somebody was talking about it, so I kind of knew his. I knew who he was even before he I got. I think they in. fought on the pier in Seaside Heights, just like a regular Jersey City Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they 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 threw it on the record anyway. It's on his Wikipedia. But uh, Gobble but man, it's I mean literally the whole way. It's uh, pretty much the whole way. You know what I mean? Like uh, so, it's crazy. Thir- I think this is his thirtieth UFC fight. If you look at his who he's fought nine times, nine of those one third of his fights were for for championships. They were for Damn. titles. Three different weight classes. And if you look at all the guys he's fought, man. I mean, it's just and and beat a lot of them. You know, Yair Rodriguez, he beats him. Uh, Cub, he beat him. Yeah, Cubs, I mean, you could go down the list of guys he beat, but just who he stood in there against, it's just ridiculous that he lasted this long. And he kind of gets it. He's going against a guy who's like on a seven fight unbeaten streak himself. Could, could do some damage. He just never took an easy ride. He never had that guy that was like a, a tune up fight or anything like that. Here's the one thing about his career that is so amazing to me. He's got everything to show for it. A title, a UFC title. Yeah. He had rivalries that he won against BJ Penn, Gray Maynard. Gray part Maynard. of one of the most amazing trilogies in MMA history, mm-hmm. certainly in the lightweight division. Oh Traveled all over the world, beat big names. I will say this, though. I don't know if he got big money. Yeah. I'm not too sure if he got big money. I think that that came out more as he went to because 
he was the company guy for a long time. He was mm-hmm. just you know, going to answer you and these bromides and stuff like that. But then as time went on, you could tell he was carrying a chip on his shoulder about his pay and stuff like that. So I think you're absolutely like, right. I'm not sure what he got paid for the three Maynard fights, but I know this. It probably wasn't. Oh, my enough. God. Would you say, should've like, he should have got Connor. There was, that, there was that window where he should have There was a moment there where, remember, he watched. So remember the For picture? one night. It was a 24-hour span. And also, remember the famous uh, photo where Connor is watching, standing on his feet for UFC 200, watching Jose yeah. and yes. Frankie have that rematch. It never came to fruition. He missed a big opportunity right. there. And he was a champion when they, there were pay-per-view points. And I'm sure he got some. But the, the purses aren't quite what they are now. They've certainly gotten a little bit better. And I don't know if he ever made the big money that he quite right. obviously deserved 10 times over. But what can you say about his career? I mean, it's so remarkable, so um, pure, I think, that yeah. many folks would feel about it. Quite authentic from where he comes from. Very much identified by it. His identity is a function of being from Tom's River, New Jersey. What else stands out to you? I mean, he's the kind of quintessential underdog, right? Like he was fighting at a weight class so he could be in the UFC as a, as a lightweight. And he held his, not only held his own, but he held the title. And he beat BJ Penn twice. And that, he that, BJ, that, he, that he railed BJ Penn. He, like, mattered. He, he put him you know, to the glue factor. He like, sent him off. And then he basically did the same thing to Gray Maynard. Gray didn't have the longest uh, career after that either. But if you just look at that man, I mean, the size of his heart, you know, like what he brought in. It sounds funny, but like when you talk about guys like him, I really think it mattered. He just went in there. Like, I used to always joke that he wasn't he wasn't in the fight until he started bleeding. You yeah. know, like, he'd get hit with something. And he would, as soon as you saw him bleeding, it's like, now he's going to come to life. And it was true for a long time. Benson Henderson out in Japan. Like, it was like he had to get Dude, that's a That's a sneaky good fight. Yes, that's, it was great. The I mean, second Benson Henderson-Edgar fight was really And good. a lot of his fights were like that. Obviously, the second Gray Maynard fight is one of the best fights that, that round where he's just surviving. It's like a 10-7 type of round. It's a Rocky movie. Yeah. And he survives and then wins. I mean... His legacy will just be, I think, that you know, he was a champion who probably way outdid himself in fighting, especially at those weight classes, but just as that perennial underdog who just somehow made a career out of it. Way outdid himself through longevity and evolution, yet separate from the Arturo Gatti side of him where he's just a blood and guts warrior, I thought early on he was the first guy who really used boxing strategies in yes. an MMA fight to win against fights BJ with Faints, him. movement. Yeah, yes. in Abu Dhabi, man. Remember that? Yes. His boxing at that point, 2011-ish, was so next level yes. compared to everybody yes. else. He, he was the first guy, him and... Uh, well, no, really, it was him. It, it, fainting, movement, angles, in and out, setups, yeah. changing levels, all that stuff. Frankie was one of the first guys, to your point, to really take it seriously yeah. and to have great success. Not to borrow from Borat, but to have great success. <laughs> uh, My wife. Just, yeah. um, but it is, sounds I will say this too, and we said this on MK, so, you know, uh, it's worth repeating. I feel like, tell me if you disagree. All right. I feel like even. Frankie Edgar supporters, and I might, dare I say, especially Frankie Edgar supporters. Like Mikey. Like Mikey are glad that his run's coming to Oh, him. yeah. It's yes. all, everyone recognizes it's well time. He did phenomenally well. Brian Campbell is a dumbass. I don't know what fell, but it's... Well, you were just mentioning the pay, and you're always like, what do these guys do? What is his identity? You know, what? who is this guy like? His identity is as a fighter. I mean, he's been that for a long time. 
you want him to be taken care of. So taking these beatings down the line, which he has the last couple of fights, there was that picture where his face is just, you remember? Yeah, that's Cheeto Vera. I don't yeah, like that. I don't, people I mean, shared that everywhere. I got to say that it broke my heart. I know. That's what I mean. But that's what I think it's all coming from is you're like, I don't want to see him take that anymore. And he's going against another dude who's like, I, I would have liked to see tough. That's what I mean. It could potentially happen again. It, the greatest thing of all is if he somehow gets this victory and he's able to say, like, see you. Like, that would be the greatest thing for his career. Right. Madison Square Garden. A year ago, he was here against Cheeto. And yeah. Ended and he won it forever. That is possible. He was training at Gleason's. Like, yeah. he was, he would come in, like, yeah, I think that he won it forever to fight at Madison Square Garden. For him to end it there would be perfect if he gets a victory, you know. But I just hope it's not one of those things. I think when you start to watch through your fingers with these guys, because you've seen him in so many wars, it's always a bad thing, and I, you know, I do think he's been around. He's hung around a little too long. They should have saved him for Connor. I wish he'd made more money. though, bringing it back to your thing, you know. They should have saved him for Frankie Edgar one seventy. Dude, can Connor even make one fifty five? Seriously, <laughs> can he make? I don't That's think a lot of questions. Well, that'd be the first time Frankie went to one seventy. He'd go from one thirty five to one. Who fights first, Francis or Connor? Man, I'll say Francis. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right, Connor or John? Oh ho 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 ho. I'll say John, but I don't know. It's like I, I I feel like with the Connor thing, it just feels so abstract still. I don't really understand his. All right, Con- Connor or Jonathan? Jonathan. Copenhaver? A war machine? I think he's, <laughs> I think he's in jail. Yeah. I haven't had to put that together who the hell that was. Oh, man. I'm sorry to ruin your time, Luke. I'm really sorry. <laughs> just, 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 you had a couple good ones. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say yeah. it was like, you had a couple home runs. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in so long that I had to actually sit there thinking, who's I know Do you remember he, Do you remember when he changed his name to yeah. War Machine? Do you remember when he was doing pornography the same time he was fighting? Like, yes. He was like fucking or fighting. It's all the same. He showed up on some like, show. I'm like, I think was, they're not the He same. showed up on Aero's show with her like in a leash or something. Like he had her like uh oh did he really yeah yeah like he had her it was it was crazy living Louis dogs the only way to stay sane <laughs> free it's the next line after the line you delivered from Sublime's What I Got 1996 yeah it was great great year uh, Chuck where can yeah. the folks find your work uh, you can find my website the myth m i t h dot com and uh, that's primarily it but I do stuff for the Ringer and what are you doing this week. I am doing – so we're we're going to do a – the Ringer MMA show will be on location in New York City uh, Friday to do the weigh-in show, and then we're having a live event on Friday night. we got some fighters. Uh, Anthony Smith, your boy Anthony Smith will be there. Laura Sanko and Marab will be there uh, as part of our, our – where, where can folks, can they attend live? They can attend live. I think there are a few tickets left, and, God, I keep slaughtering this. It's like Hill Country Barbecue. I, I should oh, write this. Yeah. Dude, Hill Country Barbecue is yeah. the best. Is it cool? Oh, right. it's really They were good. staying in the venue. Really cool. I guess huh? SNL. You going to go? Fuck, though. I, guess, <laughs> I guess SNL uh, does their, you know, their after parties after they tape. Yeah. They do it at that. And they, so they do a lot of stuff. They do, like, uh, fancy it's got like a, It's got, like, a, yeah, they got, got a stage, like, they got a and, stage thing, and all yeah. that. So, um, so we'll be doing it over there and. Should be fun. We've never done a live show before. There's a whole country. I, I was with you guys during your live show, and I'm yes. hoping it's half as fun. It was as a that. train wreck. Uh, <laughs> you'll probably get COVID. Just so you know. as long as we're able to hear though. Do you time. still work for MMA fighting? Come on, man. No, not at all are you right. doing a fucking bit? No, here? no, like, but not in any form. Not, not even like. Dude, he's once been in a while. gone longer than I have. <laughs> not even in any form. Right? I've been gone. I was like, right. he's been gone longer than me. I've been gone yeah, for over I'd, three. I've even see, sat on your couch. We had a whole discussion. I thought here. you were like lingering in the stratosphere with him. No. I thought you were. That's oh, but the ringers. So. The ringers, ringer, right? Yeah, that's it. You and Bill, you and Simo hang out or what? Never hung out, but I mean, we talk. You know, he's uh-huh. a good guy. Would you welcome Bill Simmons to this couch? Sure, he's got oh, a man, stupid NBA takes. 
<laughs> you can talk about him. Hey, did you see DC was on first take with Stephen A today, ranking the five greatest fighters of all time? No, I didn't see that. Number five, Amanda Nunes. Really? Number four, GSP. Okay, go on. Number three was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> two was Habib. And one was. Wait, fighters? Mayweather. In general? Fighters. One was Jake Hager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and number one, Floyd Mayweather. Number one was Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, okay. I'm gonna have to go watch this. That's like that's a lot to that's a lot to process. I mean, there. I very much respect Floyd's career, but no. Mm. Wow. Floyd's Man, a genius. He he went so hard on the TBE branding and calling himself the best ever that there's a new generation. And this is not like as if Floyd isn't one of the best. He is one of the best. But is Floyd the best ever in boxing history? No. But there's a new generation that's just sort of like matter of fact. Like, yeah, he's the best. He's the best ever. Yeah, his he's the best we've it. ever seen. It's like no, he's probably like the 14th best we've ever seen. He was the best history. of our generation. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was the best of our generation. Uh, are you going to go on the road at all? Uh, we, yes. I mean, we went to Vegas uh, already. Oh, right. Yeah, we went to Vegas and then uh, tw- I think, what, twice? Oh, no, New York. This is our second time in New York. So PT, you know, PT Carroll, he's yeah, the one well, who's really doing the traveling. I'm like, hey, I'm is just, that fucko in town? He is actually in town. We should get that son of a bitch. I actually was going to recommend if we were going to do an MMA beat type thing, him getting here, but I believe he's flying in today. I don't think it's uh, Well, we almost got Bronstetter and he had a cancel on us, yeah, although Bronstetter. I have a lot of love for that Canadian. Yeah, he's a Do good you guy. believe Bronstetter when he says growing up in Greater Toronto that he was an high school athlete? Absolutely not. But, I mean, he's a liar, though, so why would I believe him? <laughs> fair, that's fair. That's fair. Very nice guy, though. Great record. Oh, he's a great guy. Just I mean. a family man. A guy you can trust. I'd give him my credit card information or a kidney. No questions asked. <laughs> would you do that for me? Not a chance. <laughs> I'm saving uh, this one for Tukey in case she never needs it. Hey, my wife and my kid are going to be here this weekend. I'm pretty excited nice, about really? it. Nice, yeah, really? Can we do an RSD with Tukey? We can, uh, yeah, we could try. Because I'll ask her all about that chick who doesn't share in in playtime. That bitch. You mean, you mean, you mean my daughter? No, share, no, share. the other. Got a go-to restaurant in New York City for your family, or are you? Uh, here's a recommendation. My family hates it, but I love this place. Okay. I'm not doing a bit. It sounds impossible. It sounds like there's no way it could be good. In fact, when someone pitched it to me, I was like, there's no fucking Watch way this. I'm going to go to this. Rainforest Cafe. Watch this. <laughs> oh, please. Taco Bell. No, <laughs> Jesus. It's right next door. No. Uh, truthfully, so in Spanish, the way you would say ha, ha, ha if you're laughing is J-A, J-A, J-A. Okay. That's obviously because the J is an right. H sound. There is a place. It's Mexican restaurant, 100% vegan. It'll be the best Mexican food that really? you've had in your life. It will... F- it will blow you away. I was really? like, dude, Mexican food is like built off of fucking cheese and meat and all that shit. They have figured it out. Wow. Really? I could not believe how good this place was. Ja, ja, ja. Do okay? they play the hits like De La O, but make you blow up the commode? You, a lot, lot of fiber in that diet. Okay. A lot of fiber in that diet. <laughs> all right. We're just talking time. about feces. Yeah, yeah. It's time to close this here. <laughs> all right. That's Brian Campbell. That's uh, Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke Thomas. Hopefully this gets you ready for UFC 281, which, of course, takes place in three days. As a reminder, as a reminder, let's see. We have stuff going on tomorrow. We're going to record Friday, live 11 a.m. in the East. What time is the Ringer show, you guys? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the, the Ringer show. So we do the weigh-in show, but then the, the later show starts at 7 p.m. The doors are at 7 p.m. You can still get tickets. I think there's only a few left, though. So if okay. you're going to do it, pick up those tickets now. There you go. Do you have you like a backstage option where the people can come like meet? It's a meet and greet, all that stuff. Okay, yeah. so if you want to get involved with that, that's how you got to do that. And then, of course, Saturday, back here for the main card, we're going to be doing a live companion show. And then afterwards, a post-fight show. Stick with us all. We got fight. you covered bumper to bumper. You sicken me. <laughs> how was that? How was that? Like, uh, I love that. how awkward the ending of these shows always is. I just like that. That's Brian Campbell. That's Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time.
May all of your gains be loyal. You think Ioana could still win the 115 title? 